the Campbell Digital Network. Welcome all and thank you for listening, subscribing, or clicking this link that your friend sent you. This is the Camel Call Podcast, and I'm your host, Evan Budgerich. We got the chance to chat with a very familiar voice around campus, and for a variety of reasons. Sal Mercagliano was known first and foremost as a history professor at Campbell, and best part, he always gets great reviews on RateMyProfessor.com. That's kind of be important, right? Where his story really gets interesting is that Sal actually worked on the search committee to help start and develop the Campbell Women's Lacrosse program. And Sal is now the faculty athletics rep for the entire athletic department. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Sal Mercagliano. I got interested in the sport of lacrosse. I'm a New York kid, grew up in you know New York City, moved out to Long Island. And like all kids, you get interested in sports. And New York, at the time I was growing up, there's a few sports there, so soccer was number one, and I was never a great soccer player. I just, just could not translate it. I started wearing glasses like when I was in sixth grade, and, you know, glasses and soccer do not go together. You can never head the ball, so that didn't work. Uh, tried wrestling. I was never crazy about wrestling. I didn't have the kind of the strength to be a good wrestler. Hung out with a lot of wrestlers. Uh, I, in my, my entire high school, I remember getting their lunches all the time when they were mm. trying to make weight, so it was always good. Uh, tried football. Tried, tried my hand at football, and man, I was way too small for football. JV football did not work out for me. And then I had a cousin who was a lacrosse player, and, and he said, "You can do this. You wear helmets and pads, and you get to hit people with a stick." And I was like, "Okay, I can, I can do that." And so that's where lacrosse came from for me. And it's certainly fascinating when you think just the short tenure of Campbell Women's Lacrosse as a program, and you were someone who has been basically in the groundworks, watching, admiring, and, and helping where you can. How did that relationship kind of start with you getting involved with the program? Uh, it was, you know, it's one of those fluky things. Came here in 2010, and so my first year here, really devoted, kind of focused on studies and getting my, uh, you know, reputation going. And I remember being at a, a an event uh, in in the Convocation Center, and I ran in uh, to the, uh, you know, the, the VP for Student Life, Dennis Baysmore. He was the uh, acting AD at the time. We were in between the ADs before Bob Roller came on. And we were having a conversation, and he mentioned, I forget where it was, but we mentioned somehow lacrosse came up, and I mentioned I was a lacrosse player. And he talked about the fact that, hey, we're thinking about bringing lacrosse to Campbell. It was a discussion. Would you be willing to help out? Because no one knew much about <laughs> lacrosse. And so they're getting ready to go to the trustees with it. And I said, yeah, whatever you need, I'm, I'm happy to help. And so I gave some background on, on, on lacrosse, what the sport entails. Uh, I had actually helped uh, coach women's lacrosse when I was at Methodist. When I, my first teaching job ever was at Methodist University. And they started a club team, and they brought a coach on. They were going to go Division Two the following year. And so I was the assistant volunteer assistant coach down there for a year. Wow. And so when they started bringing uh, lacrosse on here, I, I told Dennis, I said, I'm willing to help, whatever you need. And I wound up doing the interviews for the first coaches on it, was out at the first practices. I, I did a lot with it. And... <laughs> And uh, somehow in, in conversations during that next year when we were getting the team up, Chris Haymar came to me, and I, I was running a program, a lunch and learn program, where I had guest speakers come in and give talks. Mm-hmm. And I was blanking on, on, on a topic one week to have one, and I always liked college sports. I got a brother who's an assistant athletic director. Absolutely. And so I, I, I invited Chris to come over. Chris had just come on board as the voice of the camels. And so he was doing the talk for me, and, and he said... Uh, hey, would you be interested in helping out 
with the program even more. I said, well, Leo, whatever you need. I'm at practice now, whatever you need. And he goes, well, you know, we're going to need to do uh, broadcast. Would you do the color commentary? And I'm not going to lie to you, Evan. I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I, 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 it never a dream for me to do this at all. And it was like the first season. We're getting ready to start playing, and he comes back to me. So you're good on the color commentary. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to figure this out because I had no idea what to do. And I've been doing it now six years, three years of you. So exactly. coming in the seventh year now. It's it's funny, especially when you talk to players on the lacrosse team and, and they kind of view you as the team dad or someone <laughs> who's around the program just giving input and helping out and, you know, cracking lacrosse jokes and stuff. What is that relationship like kind of not only as a professor with some of these kids but as a, a guy who's around the program and kind of sees the kids grow and, and develop week in and week out? Yeah, you know, I've, uh, you know, from the very beginning, we, we started way back in, you know, that first squad came on in 2012 and, and as we were talking about before, it's a small squad. It was 13 girls. It was it was really tiny, and and we didn't have the facilities for them. We were getting everything set up, and they were practicing way back in in you know where soccer is now, way back in the fields, kind of off there. We didn't have anything set up for them, and so I was out there a lot. And, and one of the things that I had kind of ingrained in me again, this goes back to my experience in, in teaching at Methodist. I got really ingrained with that club team. I, I really felt a good connection with them. I enjoyed that a lot. And uh, when I went to, I taught for a year up at West Point, up at the Military Academy up at West Point. Mm. And one of the things that uh, they want you to do as a professor there is not just be a professor in the classroom, but be a professor, be outside the classroom for the students. And so you can run a club, you do an organization. Well, I had a friend who was teaching there, and she was the uh, crew coach, uh, men's crew coach. And she goes, why don't you come out and help us? You know, coach the crew team, and I—I I, I was a merchant mariner. I sold ships for a living. I know nothing about crew. I've never been on a ship where I had to row it. So, so I said, I don't know anything about rowing. He goes, No, you come out. It'll be fun. You'll be on the boat with us, and and you can learn how to do it. And and I love that experience. It was so it was it was such a different experience as a professor. You know, you're Doctor Sal, you're Doctor M. You get that. But I remember walking through the hallways at Methodist and also then at West Point. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, coach, hey, you know. And so it, you get to see students in a different light. And, and I'm always amazed. That first year, I talk about that first year a lot because we had to start the program. There were no subs, no nothing in that team. And, and I was always impressed by the tenacity of them. And so I always tried to be there for them. I knew how big of a challenge that was for them. And it's kind of grown ever since. Now I, I do it with a lot of the teams, not just lacrosse. It's certainly interesting when you think of that transition now as the – faculty athletics representative and, and there's big terminology and, and big awards and all that for, for that type of role but kind of give us an idea of obviously you're still doing your, your teaching you're still doing your, your stuff here at Campbell University but also taking more of an athletic side helping sort of bridge that gap between athletics and academics? Right so uh, yeah, back in uh, December 2016 I was asked to, to assume the role as the faculty athletic rep the previous one left the University of Jen Latino, and so they asked me to do it. And I, I'd been working, as I said, with lacrosse quite a bit. I'd been doing some stuff with the basketball team and some of the other teams. So they asked me to become the faculty athletic rep. And, and I was unsure of the exact specifications of the role, to tell you the truth. There was a lot of uh, talk about what it involved, and, and it involved several things. Number one is determining the eligibility for the students. So basic NCAA compliance myself, the registrar, the coaches, we make sure the students are all on their track toward degree. Very, very simple thing. We do it at the beginning of every year. We make sure the students are doing, you know, academically what they need to do. They're in the courses they need to be, and, and they're not just kind of taking fake classes, which has never been an issue at all. Uh, the second role is being that liaison between the faculty and athletics. You know, I've taught at lots of institutions. One of the, the, the roles of being a 
a, a professor is kind of like being a Division One coach. You tend to kind of be at lots of institutions and move around a bit, and so you get lots of different experiences. So I've been at public institutions, private, big, small, you name it. You know, I did. I, did, I went to a very small undergraduate university for my undergraduate. I went to ECU in Alabama for my for my uh, graduate. So much different. You know, I, I've seen good relationships between athletic departments and bad relationship between athletics and and academics. And one of the things I really wanted to facilitate is make sure that that role continues. We have a great relationship, I think, between athletics and academics. I can't tell you the number of coaches and, and, and faculty that I see that talk to each other on a continual basis. You know, it, it's not like an institution where academics is on one side, athletics is on the other, and never will the two meet. That's not the case here. And, and what I try to do is just facilitate that as much as I can. And then the third thing I do is, is what's given to me by the university professor, Dr. Creed, is as he always told me, is like you make sure that the well-being of the student athlete is taken care of. You know, we've got great mechanisms to take care of our student athletes, but every now and then, student athletes will have that question that can't be addressed or can't be answered. And, and I always want them to know. I take a lot of time at the beginning of the semester to go out and meet with the team, especially with the freshmen coming in and the transfers, <laughs> and let them know, hey, you got a question. I, I may not have the answer you want, but I'm going to get you an answer no matter what and try to be there for them. And so I really want them to feel, I want them to have a positive college experience. And, and unfortunately, in my undergraduate, I didn't have that. So, so I always try, that, that's, my, uh, that's my goal for them, is to make sure they're having that positive undergraduate experience. Because I think athletics does such a big role for the university. You mentioned balancing that athletic and academic for these student athletes and making sure they're ready in, in both facets. It's gotta be neat too, as, as a professor and, and someone who sees these kids not only on the field and in training, but a lot of them are in your class and kind of know you by that first name basis and really brings that personality, that touch to that relationship. Oh, yeah. I, I've had so many uh, of the student athletes in my classes, and I think that's across the board. My classes are no different than everybody else's classes. But, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's so much nicer to know them. You know, you know something about them. You have that personal experience with them. You know what kind of person they are. You know what kind of student they are. You know how hard they're working. I, I mean, what amazes me is that I could have – you know, student athletes who are in season, and I know the, the schedule they have, I know the travel schedule they have, they're in season, they're competing, and yet they still manage to come into my class and absolutely knock it out of the park. And it's just, you know, it, it's an amazing accomplishment when you see that happen. Now, on the flip side, I got to be careful what I say <laughs> when you and I are broadcasting lacrosse, because I know a lot of those players really well. So you always got to make sure to keep that separated uh, from it. I don't want to slip like, oh, yeah, yeah, they did great on that test, but I really need to improve on their homework. It's it is great that relationship too, and I, I think especially from the broadcasting side, we, we're storytellers. We try to help give people a perspective of who such and such player is, or what Coach Easley is all about with this and that. When when you sit back and think about, you've broadcasted lacrosse championship games, you've yeah. broadcasted conference tournaments, you've been at kind of the peak of what we can do at this level for broadcasting on ESPN. And I know it, it's maybe in a part time role, but. It's got to be neat to be able to tell those kids stories and see them perform from that perspective of a, of a television broadcast. It is. You know, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of a little bit different than some college commentaries. You know, a lot of college commenta commentators will, will have insight in the game. They'll have that insight. And I, being a lacrosse player, I, ha I have that. But then I get to know these players a lot more than maybe most get to know them. So, you know, I, I always I will get the families up to me all the time and say how much they enjoy it and how much they, you know, wow, you really know the girls so well and you know them and, and you're able to kind of, you know, uh, talk about them in, in such a way that really 
It's important. I mean, I, I got to say, as, as a lacrosse player in in high school and college, I never had my parents come to a game. I mean, I just, <laughs> it, it's so alien to me how great parents are today with with their kids. And and I have a ten year old, and I'm out at all his sporting events, and I, I can't imagine missing him. And and for me, I, I know that a lot of our players are from you know far away, you know, largely Maryland for some reason. Uh, but now <laughs> this year we'll have them from British Columbia and then and, and New England. And so for some some of the players, this is their only chance, uh, you know, family's only chance to really see them. And, and so I, I want each of them to 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 know that their player is on, you know, the students there, and to know about them. At the same time, you know, I always like to do a good broadcast. You know, it, it was funny at the first; it was kind of just a, a lark for me to do it. And, and I'm not going to lie, I look forward to it every year, Evan. I, I, I just, it, it's, it's kind of a lot of fun with me. You know how much I get excited about it when we get the schedules together and put it on. And so for, for me, it, it's one of the, the best little gigs I get to do here. It's, it's one of the great things about teaching here is you get to do so much outside the classroom with, with students. A little unfolding the curtain for a minute. There was a, a playoff game that Campbell hosted. This was the first ever playoff win in, in Campbell history. And we're sitting in the booth. This is in Barker Lane Stadium, you know, that, that third level up there. And Literally, when the final whistle blows, Sal is jumping up and down as if he was a player, and just to show you how much he cares and that excitement. And you know, it was it was made for great com- conversation, and I was excited too. I just never would have expected Sal to show that bo- boisterous energy. Um, Sal, you've also had the pleasure, and this was a few years ago now, but the men's basketball team went on a, a European tour. They played they played obviously some games. They got to see a bunch of different countries during a week long trip. And I know you were kind of a last minute addition, but. You provided some some perspective and, and historical knowledge during their their week adventure. Yeah, that was you know it was a, another fun trip that kind of I fell backwards into. I'm not gonna lie to you, my life is falling backwards into things all the time. You know, it, it, it's it, it's it's a lot of hard work and you do a lot of things. I tell students that all the time, but sometimes you know it's the hard work does pay off. You just got to be ready for those moments to come. And I got asked by the provost, Mark Hammond, to uh, help out with the basketball team. They were getting ready to take that trip to Europe. It was the first one we were sending overseas. And so they're going to Europe. They're going to Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, and, and Ireland, and to give them some kind of cultural background. So I set up a couple of talks with the kids just to kind of get them going on that. And I had met Kevin McGeehan, one of those things, again, where, where I had the coaches come and give talks to the, the, the student body in general. And so Kevin was one of those ones who came and talked. And so uh, I gave one of those talks to the kids about traveling to Europe, and I joked with, with Kevin and Bob Roller. I said, you know what you really need on this trip is a historian to go with you. And it was a good laugh, ha, 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 very funny, <laughs> Sal. And, and that was it. And then like 10 days before the trip goes, Bob Roller calls me. And I, I joke with Bob Roller all the time, and, and, and I figured he was calling me back to activate my eligibility because I still got two years of eligibility left. <laughs> and uh, he, he said, no. He goes, well, we'll hold that in the back burner. He goes, but I wanted to know if you were serious about going to Europe. I said, I said, yeah. I said, uh, but are, are you kidding? He goes, no. He goes, we had to back out, and we got a spot. Do you want to go? And, and, and the only reason I went, let's be clear, is Dr. Creed was coming on board, or else someone much more important than me would have went. But everyone was kind of busy. I went to go see Kevin McGeehan about it, and said, ever told anyone this. I went to Kevin about it. I said, Kevin, this is, you do not need to ask me. There's, there's probably someone a heck of a lot more important for you to take than me. And Kevin just turned to me and said, no, you're my guy. He goes, he goes, you gave me the only chance I ever had to speak to students when I first came here outside. He goes, and I think it's important that you come with us. And so literally 10 days I had to kind of pack it, ready, go, on the which is fine. I'm, I'm, I, I can go anywhere at any time. I love traveling. I've been, you know, I literally had a job where I sailed the seven seas, been on six of the seven continents. And off we go. And, and the funniest thing about that trip was, 
the first half of the trip was on the continent, and then the other half was in was over in in Ireland. Right. And the first half, we had a terrible tour guide. I mean, it was just he was not good in any level. And so Kevin and Bob just turned to me. He's like, "All right, you got to you got to pitch hit. We, we, we you you got to we got to do something here to educate them." And so I came with like the master of trivial pursuit. We had talks, you know, at Cologne, before the cathedral, in Maserac, and you know, at, at Bastogne. And so we had all these talks, and and I had so much fun with the guys. It was it was it was such a great endeavor. I, I will always remember being outside the uh, Battle of the Bulge Museum mm-hmm. with the with the team talking about how 18-year-old kids just like them put their lives on the line to defend this country 75 years ago and you all have the opportunity now to kind of walk through this museum and see, you know, you know, versions of you on this museum wall and, and really participate in that. So that was a that was a that was a really important event for me. I enjoyed that a lot. And I think that's one of the things that got me to be the faculty athletic rep. What's neat too is I started at Campbell right after that trip, basically mm-hmm. a month later, and that's when I started meeting Chris and yourself and these teams. And every time we talk to a student athlete, it's oh yeah, I saw Sal in the hallway, or I saw him at a game, and it's kind of ironic. You were voted Fan of the Year a couple of years ago by the uh, the student athlete advisory committee, and, and you know part of that is just a presence that people can see. But I think more importantly too, it's it's a face people know around campus and a voice that people have heard and and respect. What is that like to know that? You are someone when you, not that you're the, the king of the castle, but <laughs> you, you walk around campus and a lot of the students obviously know you from yep. your, your teaching, but a lot of the student athletes too are like, hey, I respect what Sal does. I see him at games a lot. It's just nice to have him as part of that group. You know, it's, it's, it's the, back when I got the fan of the year, it was joking. I got invited to the Cammies. And so I've been the Cammies a year before that. I got invited when, when you know, I got to do the, 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 the color commentary. You know, I, that was volunteer. I didn't get paid, and you know, just did it for fun and everything like that. And then, and then, you know, I started getting paid for it. And then, then you know, Chris Haymar says, you know, why don't you come to the Cammies? He said, all right, I'll come to the Cammies. So that was my second year there, and I was sitting with the lacrosse team. So you know, I was doing the color commentary. I was sitting there with the lacrosse team. So I was sitting there with the coaches and the players, and and I, I distinctly remember I was sitting next to. Uh, uh, um, uh, Jesse Moulton and, and and her now her husband, yeah. and we were sitting there, we we're joking, and and you, you know you look at the program for for that, and it has all the nominees except for Fan of the Year, and so I remember I turned to Jess and her and now her husband, and I joked, I said, I said, yeah, I should put myself in for that, you know, one year. Everyone at the table knew about it, but me, I was the only one who did not know about it, and 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 so when it came up, it was uh, it was uh, Nate Kennedy, matter of fact, went up and did the nomination, and when they started talking about it, I knew it was me, and it was just. It was a very humbling moment. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 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 I get choked up about it all the time because I don't think I'm deserving of any athletic award at all. <laughs> it's just it, it, it's very funny that I win an athletic award because it, it, it shouldn't be me. But knowing the students, walking around campus, and, and it's one of the things I, lo- I love about Campbell. You know, like I said, I've been to big institutions where you get lost. You mm-hmm. know, it was, it was great to be at the University of Alabama, be in an SEC school and see that type of environment. But you're lost. You know, student professors never know their students. The students never know really the professors. You know, here you get that opportunity to interact with the students, see them. You know, I love going to games. I love going to practices more. I like getting the chance just to sit down on a field and, and watch them practice and know. And, and then they, they feel like you have an interest in them. You, I mean, it makes a, a vested interest in them. And they know that you're not just there to kind of teach them from 9 to, five, you know, nine to 10 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
And so I, I, I enjoy that immensely. I enjoy the fact that I get to know so many people. And, and my, only fe- my only problem is I don't get a chance to know every last one of them, but they all know me. Sure. You know, there, there's 450 student athletes. There's one of me. And so I always feel bad that I don't get a chance to know everybody. But uh, I, I love that environment. I love the fact that I can pick them out. I can, I can have a soccer player in my class that next day, and we can talk about the game. You know, I can, you know, I can, I can send a, you know, a, a note out real quick and, and vote for Aaron Scott for, for this week's, you know, hero of the week. You know, I, I can send that and get, you know, get some traction on that. And so I enjoy that a lot. It, I'm not going to lie; it's one of my favorite perks. And I think as as a professor, you know, you always want that respect from in the classroom. And I get that from my students all the time. And I think they know that I'm there for them. You know, I always joke with them that if they need something, come see me. And they will. And, and, and I want them to do that. Because, again, I, I know what that experience is, especially for a lot of our student-athletes. They're away from home. They're, they're not maybe local North Carolina. We, we have kids from all around the planet here. And, and, and I remember a few years, this is years before I became FAR, women's golf made the NCAA tournament, which oh, they've yeah. done consistently over and over again. And, 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 and that squad, which was uh, Tony Ravchek, it was uh, Nadine White was on there, Louise Latour was on there. Uh, when they got back from the, the, the NCAA, their, their dorms had shut up, and, and so we needed a place to store their stuff. So for, the, for one summer, my office was full of the women's golf team's uh, gear. And uh, which was just one of the things you just did. It's like, hey, you can keep it here, and it's fine, and we'll, we'll do it. And, and so I always want the students to know that you know they have someone they can always talk to, and if they need something, to do it. Although I can't hold all the team sports stuff in my office anymore. You do have a pretty nice office in here. <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. A lot of uh, aquatic Lego setups. You have posters everywhere. You uh, outside your office, you try to throughout the year put the various fall and spring and winter sports schedules. Sal, when you think of of Campbell, in terms of its kind of sports tradition mm-hmm. and, and fan base, I know it's very intimate. At least from our perspective, it's very close and personal and interactive. What is it like as someone who goes to a lot of events and raising a family with your son coming to games and and seeing it just from that Campbell fan base? Obviously, personally invested with your role, but just to watch that fan base grow and to kind of build the creek, so to speak, over the last five six years. It, it's you know again coming from from the academic side. You know, I, I understand that we want to tout everything from, you know, our, our, our bar passage rate at the law school to students getting this on the MCAT for getting into medical school. And those are great statistics. And, and, and we have those statistics, and they're great. They're fantastic. But, you know, when, when your bar passage rate at the law school hits 95%, that doesn't bring 6,000 people screaming in on a weekend to catch a football game. You know, that's a, that's a plus. And, and, and that's the thing that athletics does for me. It, it really brings people together. I can remember my wife went to law school here. And when she started in law school here, it was back in 1999. I got on the campus shortly thereafter. Uh, I was still finishing up in Alabama. And uh, she, she graduated in, in 2001. And, you know, back then, we, we were a much different place than we were. I lived over where the convocation center was. That was a trailer park. Yeah. That was graduate student housing there. So right where the big sign is today, you know, that was my trailer right there. So I always, I always laugh about that because that was, that was my home for, for four, four years I lived there. And, you know, back in that day, you would come to Campbell, and, and you would see anything but Campbell T-shirts, and, and you know, you would see everything else. Now it's it's you know it's the one off that you see those other things you know they're the ones that kind of get identified more now than anything else. You come to the beginning of my class, I got go camels going because I want the students to have that connection. You know, sports creates a connection with the university. I've had students I've taught online classes in Afghanistan 
who are watching and streaming, mm. you know, uh, football, basketball games. You know, it creates that visible connection that you can have with the university. And, you know, you have the ups and downs with it. You know, like you have the ups and downs with every team. You know, only one team's going to win the national championship every year. Everyone else is going to be somewhere in that place. And it seemingly happens to be Alabama every year. It's, it doesn't hurt. Although I will tell you, the years I was at Alabama with the worst years in Alabama history when I was there. Worst football ever. Uh, but it, it creates such a great connection. It really does. Because I think sports, whatever sport you want, we have 21 sports. There's something for everyone here you can connect on to. And, you know, you can follow along with them. You know, I've... I've I've been made one of the things that my, my job has allowed me to do as faculty athletic rep that I, I never thought I'd get a chance to do is really work with the coaches a lot. I enjoy that so much. Got such a diverse group of coaches. They're so amazing. They come from every little area. You know, they they are, they are the most personable group of people. Every you know, and, and coaches you would think would be so detached. You know, you know Mike Minner and Kerry Colot, who are just superstars. I mean, just just rock stars. And you know, in in their areas, I, I mean, just the most personable. You know, and and and. And I, I get a little chuckle every time I, I, I see Mike Mentor. He goes, hey, Sal. And it's just like, it's like, oh, man, yeah. A panther saying hello to me every time. <laughs> it, 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 it feels so good. But at the same time, too, you know, we can call each other and, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? What, what, what can we do to help this student athlete? I've had coaches, you know, hey, what can we do f- to achieve success for our student athletes? And I don't know if you get that everywhere. I don't know if you get that in every sport and every, in every Division One school, but I know we get it here, which is amazing. Campbell Digital Network.